0: Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers... One hesitant Haldir hug at a time. Nice. I'm Norman Mitchell.
1: Nice. I'm Cassandra
0: Fredrickson. And joining us again today is Doug Greenberg from Rocky Minute. Hello.
2: (laughs) Hey, guys. Thanks. uh, Thanks for having me. And I love the alliteration. That was beautiful.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm always proud of that. I'm good. I'm like, I'm always (laughs) pumped when there's an alliteration. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: just so pleasing to the ear. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And today we're talking about Minute 167, which starts with Haldir saying, An alliance once existed between elves and men, and ends with the uruk approaching in the distance. Yes. yes. Haldir looks so happy with himself at the beginning of this minute. He's very pleased. He is. And he means it when he says that he's he's proud to fight alongside men once more. You can tell that he means it.
2: He, he sees Aragorn uh, join, and that's when it, like that smile comes across his face.
0: And Aragorn comes down and he says, welcome, Haldir in Elvish. And then, mm-hmm. he, initially, he's just, like, got his hand on his chest. Yeah, he does
1: he, the traditional Elvish And he grooving. bows a
0: little. And then he wraps Haldir in a hug. And Haldir's initial look on his face is, why are you touching me? And then he smiles and hugs Aragorn back. <laughs> I think back. it's
1: more just, like, surprise. Because, like...
0: he He's not ready for it. He I know, doesn't even like, expect to be touched.
1: Because the last time they saw each other, Aragorn was, like, super formal... He was, like, I don't know, at his future grandmother-in-law's house, I guess.
0: Yeah, so he was being really formal, and like, really deferring to Haldir's authority in that moment. Right. Because Haldir seems to be the chief of border security in Florian. Right,
1: you don't want to piss him off.
2: <sighs> and it's like he doesn't know what to do with feelings. It's like, uh, why are you pressing your body against mine?
1: What is this intimacy I'm not prepared for? <laughs>
0: and then he smiles and he puts his hand on Aragorn's back. And it's a really sweet little moment, and it's probably my favorite moment with Haldir because, like you were saying, it makes him seem really human compared to a lot of Mm -hmm. the other elves, and I think this is the most human moment that Haldir has.
1: Yeah. Well, because a human's hugging him.
2: (laughs) After the initial shock of, uh, you know, feelings he's not used to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. He's just completely not ready to be wrapped in a hug by Aragorn. well I
1: think Aragorn's a little manic at this point he, he like he hasn't slept in like three Just like, days
0: oh my god elves they know what they're doing
1: his arm is probably <laughs> infected like I don't know
0: he's a little delirious for he was like infectious. in a
1: river like 24 hours ago right
0: oh, you know all this horrible unfiltered ra- brackish water yeah. from the river
2: <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it's how much like did fever. he swallow
1: <laughs> he's a little feverish
0: yeah. He's got cholera and He doesn't know it yet.
1: No. Uh, oh no.
0: Oh god. He's on his own little Oregon trail. Oh no. <laughs>
2: Imagine surviving all these ruthless battles and then dying of like an infection. Yeah,
0: you have
1: died of dysentery. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but this is a, this is a great callback to the prologue. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's part of why they did this. Is this was Peter Jackson's idea to put the elves in Helm's Deep?
1: Well, because originally he wanted Arwen there, right?
0: Yeah, originally Arwen was going to be at Helm's Deep with elves. and yeah. Arwen was going to fight alongside the people of Rohan, and they filmed some of that. Hmm.
1: I don't. I still don't know how I feel about it, but I think I'm
0: sad. <laughs> <laughs> just to the just to not see more of warrior Arwen. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: When Haldir says, "Long ago, um, you know, there was like a unity between men and elves." Um, were they referring to the, the battle against Sauron yes. in the beginning? And that was the last time that men and elves were together? Yeah, because it's
0: called the Last Alliance of Elves and Men. In the in oh, the context sense. of the movie, they call it that.
2: <laughs> uh, man, it's been a long time.
0: So, yeah, this is Haldir directly referencing the last fight against Sauron.
1: Which was like 3,000 years ago. Which was an
0: age yeah. ago, at the end of the Second Age.
1: Yeah.
2: This is a monumental occasion, then.
0: Yeah, this is Haldir really making history. Yeah. I'm he went pro- into it. <laughs> he probably fought in that battle.
1: Maybe. Hmm.
0: Since pretty much all the elves that we meet are six, 7,000 years old. Except for, I don't know if Legolas is that old. Arwen's not. Arwen's only like 2,000-ish. Yeah. She was born after. The end of the second age. She's she's just a baby. 2,000 years old. (laughs) But Haldir seems to be a relatively high-ranking member of Lothlorien society, so he's probably fairly old.
1: Galadriel's like 10,000 years old or something.
0: No, she's like 100,000 years old.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, (laughs) lowball.
0: Galadriel is... Galadriel lived in (laughs) Valinor.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right.
0: And crossed the sea.
1: Yeah. I keep forgetting how long the ages are, because I always assume they're like... Three thousand like
0: the Well they third. are because you're talking about different things. The third age is not actually the third age, it's the third age of the sun.
1: Oh my god. As
0: opposed to the oh, ages the, of the, the, lamps, lamps the lamps, the ages trees. of starlight, yeah, yeah, yeah. the ages of twilight. So it's all really
1: that like stuff. the ninth age. It's like
0: the twelfth age, I think. Oh, okay. If you were to count all of them. Or maybe even more than that.
1: Sorry, we're off the deep end here.
0: <laughs> we're in Silmarillion <laughs> territory at the moment.
2: <laughs> this I I can't like that scope of time, I just can't wrap my head around it
0: yeah yeah so gladriel is like a hundred thousand years old or something it's it, it's insane how old she is and elrond, to, uh, any point... elrond is almost as old as her or <laughs> i believe elrond was born in valinor uh, hmm. mm-hmm. i would have to check but i believe elrond was born in valinor and also made the journey across the ice
1: i don't know we're not there yet
0: i could be wrong but i think that's correct <laughs> We're someone, not there yet in the some, film,
1: Someone will point out if wrong. Yeah, someone running. will point it out if I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Elrond's, like, that old, too. Which makes it weird that he didn't have- that one of his children is only 2,000 years old. <laughs> Whatever.
2: At what point during that time are you like, all right, I've had enough living?
0: <laughs> I think I'll start a family. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> because Elrond's dad is, like, one of the biggest heroes in all of Elven history.
1: I don't know, maybe he felt like he had to prove himself. And then he's just like, alright, I'm ready to settle down.
0: And Elrond was the second in command to uh, the leader of the army of elves from the Last Alliance of Elves and Men. And then he sort of became the de facto leader of the elves when... uh, What's his name? Um, Gil something? Gilgalad?
1: Gilgalad? That sounds
0: legit. When when that guy died, Elrond sort of took control of the elven kingdoms on Middle-earth. So by def- we're, we're like, Elrond kind of became the de facto military leader of all the elves in Middle-earth.
2: I don't understand how you store all this information
0: <laughs> in your brain.
1: Honestly, I don't either.
0: I've So I have forgotten probably way more than I remember about these books, because I, I think I've read Lord of the Rings at least a dozen and a half times. Mm. hmm and I've read the Silmarillion four or five times, or three or four times. God,
1: you're a monster.
0: But I forgot. I have forgotten so much of what's in the Silmarillion because of how dense the material right. is. It's like reading a history
1: textbook for fun.
0: <laughs> and, for fun. And I've and it's been long enough since I've read Lord of the Rings and mostly just watched the movies that differences between the books and the movies are kind of muddled. But every now and then, when we're doing this. I'm like, I need to find this in the book because I'm pretty sure this is in the book, but it doesn't happen this way. Yeah. And then I go digging mm-hmm. through my, my three-in-one volume trying to I find mean, it. I mean,
1: it's nice when they call out in the commentary specifically that's just like, oh, yeah, this is in the book. And I was just like, oh, cool. That's so I can find it.
0: Right. Because <laughs> we, tr- we try not to go too far into the book-movie comparison because we'd be here forever. Right. Yeah. We mostly lot. just try to talk about the context of the movie. But every now and then it's like, the, I think this is kind of important to, to talk about the differences here. Yeah. Like, the elves definitely don't show up in Helm's Deep. This is totally a Peter Jackson idea. But in one way, it's supposed to mirror Elrond sending his sons to be by Aragorn's side. And it's also a way to bring the elves back into the story. Because in the books, they just kind of fall out of the story, except for Legolas. Yeah. And this Mm. helps reinforce that the elves are also a heroic race fighting against Sauron. Which, it's a shame they also don't do do something like this with, with the dwarves because it's also true of the dwarves in the books. The dwarves of the Lonely Mountain and dwarves elsewhere are also fighting armies loyal to Sauron, and so are the elves in Lothlorien and Mirkwood.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So the dwarves weren't wiped out in Moria. No. I mean, the the dwarves in Moria were. Yes. Right, but, but not but all That of wasn't dwarves. their entire race. Right, right.
0: Just, uh, just Balin took people with him. Gotcha. Because the
1: dwarves inhabit the mountain that they go to liberate in the Hobbit. After
0: yeah, they become mm-hmm. they establish, they reestablish the kingdom of Erebor. Yeah. And the <coughs> Iron Hills have that's a kingdom the one of on dwarves.
1: The, the edge in the, of the Shire.
0: No, that's the Blue Hills. Oh, okay.
1: okay. The Blue
0: Hills have a call have a colony of dwarves or a kingdom of dwarves, and the Iron Hills have a kingdom of dwarves. Where are the Iron Hills? The Iron Hills are to the north of the Lonely Mountain. It's where Dane Ironfoot is from. Oh, oh, oh,
1: okay. Okay, okay.
0: And to the north of the Iron... I think to the north of the Iron Hills... (laughs) We're we're
1: like leaving our guest behind.
0: Yeah, and then to the north... No, 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 no. To the north of the Iron Hills is uh, Angband, which is where the Witch King originally kind of ruled and where Sauron ruled out of for a little while and where some of the earliest battles in the history of Middle-earth were fought.
1: Yeah.
2: I just laugh when I uh, I was laughing because when I listen to you guys, like I hear you talking about the history and the geography and stuff as if it's, you know, like earthly. <laughs> you know, to the north, to the west, to the east, crossing this river, that ocean. And um and and to hear it actually happening before my very ears. <laughs> it's like He's like, God, what a giggle.
1: couple of nerds. What have <laughs> no, I wandered now I love it. <laughs> what have I wandered into? <laughs>
0: I get, I get really wrapped up in the story sometimes when I when I start to dig deep into where things happen,
2: mm-hmm. especially
0: when I just like, oh, I know exactly where this is. <laughs> like we yeah, were talking I, about Treebeard stuff, and I'm just like, I'm pretty sure, just about all of this happens in one chapter in the book. And I went and opened it up, and I'm yeah. like, yep, this all happens it in one chapter.
2: A very very long, yeah, and drawn out chapter.
0: It, I, it might be the longest chapter in The Two Towers.
1: That's not saying isn't much. It, I mean, Two Towers is pretty skinny.
0: It is. It is. I think it is the shortest of the novels overall. Yeah, I think Fellowship and Return are both longer. But so Wasn't much like happens the, in the Two Towers.
2: Uh, the chapter in, in uh, Fellowship at a Ring with the Council mm-hmm. is that—that's an incredibly long chapter too, yes, isn't it? it yeah.
0: It. Yeah, because they talk about so much in that chapter. Yeah, because yeah.
1: everyone has something to say for and like pages and pages. And.
0: They weren't summoned by Elrond, they just all happened to show up.
1: How fortuitous.
0: With their <laughs> own problems, all of them related to Sauron.
1: I love that they all just show up at Elrond's doorstep. And it's like, hey, I have problems, solve them for me.
0: Well, it's because they all specifically have problems with Sauron, with Mordor. Oh, I see. So they're just like, well, the only person to talk about is the the leader of the elves in Middle-earth that will talk to us. <laughs> so I guess we're going here. Thranduil ain't going to do Jack and Galadriel won't talk to us. I guess
2: we should bring it back to this minute. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I love
2: I love a good tangent, guys. <laughs> but we got elves right now. We do
0: have elves right now, lots of them.
1: The problem with elves is
2: <laughs>
0: they, <laughs> they just are, caused they are, all this. Yeah, they
1: are prone to tangents because there's just so <laughs> much stuff.
0: Yeah, the Silmarillion mm-hmm. is really the history of the elven race. Yeah. And yes. also silly, of their silly gods. Elves.
2: Oh, That's incredible.
1: I love their dumb helmets with the dumb unicorn horn. I didn't talk about that <laughs> last minute.
0: It is kind of silly.
1: It's like a little rhino horn. I don't know why. What are they gonna do? Headbutt somebody?
0: Maybe. It's a handle so they can smash somebody with the helmet. Okay. Nice. It's a very dwarven tactic.
2: <laughs> I love that they, they don't um they don't all move until Legolas greets Haldir. Mm. Then then like the whole the entire army like turns their head towards the
0: well because legolas is elvish royalty
1: oh so they're acknowledging him
0: probably that's the way i've always taken that legolas is the is the son of the king of mirkwood he is a royal elf yeah oh that
2: makes sense then that they're paying his uh paying respects to him
0: and he's obviously dressed like a Mirkwood Elf compared to them.
1: Right. I like his little, um. what is yeah, it? He has little like shoulder pauldrons? guards
0: now. Yeah, little leather pauldrons. Yeah. That he's just strapped on.
1: look like beefier.
0: <laughs> he's just strapped them onto the suit he always wears.
1: Where did he get them?
0: They must have just been in the Rohan Armory somewhere. He's like,
1: oh, I like these.
0: I like these. <laughs> they accentuate my shoulders.
1: <laughs> what do you think, Gimli? And Gimli's like shimming into the chain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: it's dragging on the floor behind him.
0: They make you look a bit broader.
1: It's good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He does. He looks beefier with those.
0: Yeah. Man. It's funny. It's just Gimli and Aragorn, fairly heavy chainmail. Legolas just goes and finds some leather shoulder pads to put on, like he's going to play football. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Everybody got something out of the armory.
1: Yeah, if they were any bigger, they'd be like Mad Max shoulder pads, you know? Yeah. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Maybe he went to get chain mail, but it was all gone. So he's like, shit, I guess I'll just use these Or he's <laughs> just like, this is all too shoulder heavy. <laughs> yeah.
1: I know, wouldn't the shoulder pads, like, add, um, like, wouldn't they get in the way of his, his shooting?
0: One of the things I've always wondered, because Legolas like, primarily uses a bow, is why the hand he holds his bow with doesn't have a thicker like an arm guard? A, an arm guard on it. Because he's because it's, magic. I mean, he's wearing long sleeves and that'll do some that'll protect you some. Yeah,
1: dude. That hurts. But if you've ever hit your arm your with arm. a bowstring? Yeah, it hurts.
0: Man. <laughs> it'll leave welts for like a week. Really? I it never can. shot a bow, so I wouldn't. If you if you a reference. Yeah, if you hit your arm good with a bowstring, if you're just a little off center and accidentally connect straight on with it, you will give yourself a pretty good bruise.
1: Especially, like, I mean, that's, like, a contemporary, like, metal bowstring.
0: And generally, most people probably fire composite bows, which is what I've used.
1: But, like, Legolas, like, the velocity of, like, that he shoots things at. Yeah. Like, that would just rip his arm right
0: off. Because you can't avoid sometimes getting tagged by the bowstring.
1: Right. Especially when he's, like, rapid fire. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. Every now and then you're just going to get tagged by it and whatever. it's going to hurt. He,
1: he can walk on snow. <laughs> it doesn't
0: matter. It's like if you've ever been hit by like the the pull cord from a two stroke engine, like a lawnmower or something. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like in Star Wars, uh, how they explain everything away with the force, just everything yeah. involving Legolas. It's magic. It's
0: elf magic.
1: Yeah, it's he's an, an elf,
0: elf. Whatever. <laughs> it, he's you saw what it, he
1: did in those Hobbit movies.
0: He's wearing it under his shirt. He
1: defies physics. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. But I do I do think all of them turning is an acknowledgement that, oh, the, the Prince of Merkwood is here. Mm. Hello, sir.
1: It's kind of threatening when they, they turn all.
0: Theoden has no idea how to take this.
1: No, he he's just like slack-jawed, <laughs> like, how is this possible? Like, he literally says, how is this possible in the previous minute?
0: Yeah. In the commentary, Bernard Hill talks about when they did the dubbing for this scene, just recording a joke line. that's just like, who the...
1: <laughs> who the F let
0: like you guys <laughs> who, the, who the F let the elves in?
1: <laughs> I know, that guy at the gate is just like, open the gate. Like, he. He, would,
0: he doesn't go even get, the get permission
1: king. from the king first. He just He's says, just, go like, get the king, open if, the gate. What if this was like a Trojan horse scenario with like orcs pretending to be elves and then they're all royally screwed?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no kidding.
1: That guy.
0: Yeah, yeah that's that dude's fault. <laughs> Don't trust the, the door opening, you gifts? never know
2: what.
1: Right? <laughs> oh, Man. it's fine. They can come in.
0: Oh, elves!
2: They're most welcome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Aragorn's welcome of Haldir is so good. It makes me smile.
2: It goes really quiet after this.
0: Yeah. The movie just shifts to looking at everyone standing on the parapets. So. Yeah,
1: I don't know if we're going to have a lot to talk and about then, in the next couple minutes. <laughs> the Huracai
0: approaching in the distance.
1: It looks,
0: the um, yeah, the effect looks cool. Yeah, it works. I, I love the, uh, this. The, the massive t-shirt. engine really shines here.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, everybody's in position just waiting. Um, the old guy that's standing next to the kid, what's his name? Halice? Halleth.
0: Which we didn't mention last week, but Halleth is played by Philippa Boyan's son. Halleth. Nice. Hmm.
1: Halleth, son uh, of
2: Philippa. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that old guy looks so frightened that's standing next to him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. He's got plenty of reason to be.
2: But it's like it... Th- so you see the, the old guy, scared. You see, like, the the untrained warriors that are scared. But then they cut to deer and he's just ready. He's got his game face on. It's mm-hmm. like, a, like contrast from one shot to the next. Mm-hmm. You know, like later well, on. Because the elves or, or are here or, to
0: do business.
2: <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they're... They're definitely there for business, but earlier <laughs> when, in, the, in the preparation. <laughs> no, in the preparation scene, you see like the kid getting handed the axe, and the kid, um, like walking with the uh, the helmet and the shield, and uh-huh. then that kid that's, looks that's of kinda... The
0: kid with the helmet and the shield doesn't really look that scared, but the kid that gets the handed kid. the axe looks like he's gonna crap himself. It's just he's well, so yeah. terrified. He's being given an axe with a with a head bigger than his.
2: The very next shot is like that shot is juxtaposed with an Urukai, like armed to the teeth, ugly mm-hmm. monster orokai, it, and it's like you're that poor kid is gonna be fighting that demon.
1: hmm
0: Yeah. It's crazy. They the build up to the Uruk arriving is done so well in the last ten ish minutes. Mm-hmm. Continually seeing, like, the shots of them marching intercut with the people of Rohan getting ready, and the civilians, and all of that. It's all... It all really just sells the human cost of this battle.
1: Yeah, like, what's at mm-hmm. stake? Another,
0: that's the, that's like, really where this build-up shines.
2: Another juxtaposition that I noticed is, like, you when you're looking at the, the good guy army, you can see each individual soldier, each person. Uh-huh. When when they show like the faraway shot of the Urukai army, it's just like an ocean. It's like a tidal wave. It's a natural disaster. Yeah. 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 That just seeing that, the scope of that, the army marching up, it's, it has to be, it's unimaginable really.
0: Yeah. It's it's framed. It's framed like a force of nature. There's nothing they can do about this. And it's even Mm -hmm. described kind of that way by Théoden. They will break upon these walls like water on rocks. Yeah. So we're primed yeah, yeah. to view this as a as a force of nature rather than an army. Hmm. I like it. But yeah, this, this is kind of where my notes end for this. So, thanks for joining Might us well. again today, Doug.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, thanks so much for having me.
0: We'll uh, we'll have more to talk about hopefully as the week goes on. It's going to be a lot of it's looking. It's just a lot
1: of quiet.
0: Looking contemplation,
1: at people. Grim shots yeah
2: so. a lot of dread
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah yeah the
0: impending threat. <laughs> they had him standing there like captain morgan on the rum bottle he's got his leg up on the, <laughs> the oh pat. my god right he does he's got his leg up on a, on the, the i don't pat. know
1: man like he's i mean, he's very heroic he's ready to go down with his titanic like
0: right <laughs> yeah that's true he is captain smith
2: <laughs> yep he was captain smith yep <laughs>
0: Uh, awesome (laughs) so we're all from the website duelinggenre.com where you can find a bunch of other non-movies by minutes podcasts including the protagonist podcast doctor's companion geek by night immunities countdown to affinity and having a friend for dinner Mm -hmm. among all kinds of other projects on (laughs) duelinggenre.com go check them out Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about the battle of helms deep not really. Well, the beginning of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's next week. Man.
0: Once the armies are there, I kind of consider I'm the so battle started. Like
1: I'm so glad. It's been well. It's been 167 minutes, and we're finally. Right.
0: Here. I mean, this is this is the start of the battle. The armies are here, looking at each other. Yeah,
1: that's fair.
2: Best part of the movie. Best part of the trilogy.
0: Yeah, it is for me. This whole, the whole like last 40 minutes of this movie. Are my favorite section of the trilogy. But we'll be back tomorrow. So, hope everyone has a great Tuesday. Bye. Bye.